Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Hey there, fellow true crime aficionados. We're the host of Bad Axe, a true crime podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Aaron. Join us every Thursday for twisted true crime tales of dark deeds and despicable people. We focus on lesser known unique stories with a new case each week. We've covered family annihilators, cannibals, revenge killings, killer kids, mysterious murders, survivor stories, and much more. We've even tackled stories of people who blame zombies, vampires, ghosts, and voodoo for their bad acts. Of course, we know they're the only ones to blame. You can find us everywhere you get your podcasts, or you can visit our website at badaxpod.com. If you like fresh stories and new perspectives on crime, Bad Axe will be your new jam. Join Bad Axe every Thursday. Stay safe, y'all. See you soon. Hey, what's up, you guys? Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm Catherine. And I'm Haley. And we are Saturdays for the Ghouls, a Podmall podcast. Haley, how are you doing? I'm... Wait, I would like you to lie to me. I'm wonderful. I'm perfect. Everything okay. is amazing. I love life. I am so happy in all of my endeavors. I've never once thought about ending it all. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to ask you a question that's going to make you cry. How are you really? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm really, how are you? Okay. Okay. I'm alive. Still alive, but I'm barely breathing. How are you? I'm good. Sure. I'm glad you're good. <laughs> glad you're okay. What week is it, Haley? It's, it's horror movie week. Regarding today's movie choice, have we learned anything this week? We might want to share with the spooky base. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I, okay, I liked this movie to a point when I was younger. I loved this movie. It scared me. I rewatched it with Catherine because I decided, you know what, let's do it. It's a classic. Full Everyone send. knows it. Full send. And I regret everything because there's so much. There's just too much. And it has full on given me the it and it has made me not like this movie as much. And I hate that I know what I know now. And I just want to get this over with. <laughs> but we are we're talking about. The 1973 classic, The Exorcist. This just is something to say that we might not do any other classics anytime soon. Obviously, it was way, it's back from the day, so of course it's going to have issues. But yeah, it, it just gives me so much ick. With the like, creepy old white men, the young girls. And it's, it's not a fun thing to read and talk about. Yeah, definitely not. Me and Haley have been calling this her Ken and Barbie episode because if the Spooky Bates have heard the Ken and Barbie episode, you know how uncomfortable that episode made me specifically Mm -hmm. to research and discuss on the podcast. And so we are here to bring it to you because 
we've already had to upload the knowledge into Haley's brain. We can't unupload the knowledge. And so we're going to bring you the episode because content. Uh, hopefully, me spilling out this information as best that I can remember right now, it will make me forget it. Yes. Now, Haley, if you need a break, a little breakity break, I have a couple fun animal facts on deck just for you so that we don't have to think about the icks. Oh, good. So if you're like, Catherine, hit me with an animal fact. I can just hop on in and lighten up the mood real quick. Love that. Okay, we'll just jump right into it. Like I said, there's a lot. This is supposedly like a cursed film, which we We've did already, already talk about that. We've already talked about, so thank God, because that's like a lot of information there. But, but yeah, if you're curious about that, go listen to our cursed films, film sets episode. That was a few weeks back, so it wasn't yes. too far away. We love if you hung out with us over on that episode too, so that's why we're not going to chat about the cursedness as much here, if mm-hmm. at all. You just... All you know is that it was, we've talked about it. It was cursed, supposedly. And that's it. Moving on. Yes. Because yeah. I have no information written down about that. It's the Exorcist. It came out in 1973. Just some basics on the movie. Directed by William Friedkin. Probably said it wrong. Don't care. The screenplay and the book, because this movie is based off of a book, was written by William Peter Blatty. As I remember, we were watching the movie. It, I was me and Catherine. Were, did the person that wrote the book direct the movie? Yeah. It's because they're both William. Yeah, basic ass old man name. All right, Catherine, I am giving you the biggest job right now. the The biggest job that you could possibly do in this podcast because editing is definitely not bigger than this. I need a Catherine synopsis from a okay. week ago. Okay, okay, I, I got I, it. I, I believe in you. I've been trying to grasp my hold onto this movie. It's just slowly slipping away. But you know what, guys? It is what it is. This is the only synopsis you'll get today. I'm just kidding. Maybe. Also, you guys have probably all seen The Exorcist. Okay. And if you haven't, if you like horror, you know about The Exorcist. Okay. A mother and a daughter live in this house yeah there's a babysitter that also lives here a maid and like a handyman okay so they all live in this house i'm gonna skip like the whole first 30 minutes that's just them being normal then the daughter starts acting a little bit strange and that starts acting like rat shit crazy and the mom is like taking her to doctors and they're like nothing's wrong with your daughter take her to a psychologist and everyone's saying there's nothing wrong with her. So then she takes it. She goes to a priest and she goes, I need an exorcism. And he's, lady, they don't do exorcisms anymore. That's not any good for your daughter needs a psychiatrist. Long story short, the, the priestesses come over and then, you know, it does. And then it moves to someone else and yeet. And then the end. And the mother and daughter live happily ever after. Briefs, I can't say the same for. Thank you, Kevin. That was really good. I am so proud of you for remembering, for even remembering, because I forgot about the nanny and the handyman. Yeah. 
I'm very Wasn't proud it weird of though she had a nanny. Yeah, like well, she was like some old. actress. Oh, maybe she wasn't really like a nanny. She was like a companion, so that she didn't have to stay alone in the house by herself. I think that she was a companion, maybe not a nanny, because the the girl was like a little old to have a nanny. Yeah, she was yeah fourteen, but yeah. Okay, all right. So I'm gonna make this quick. A lot of bad shit happened. It was kind of <laughs> raffle practice of the film. The movie's cursed again. Man, that was about it. Okay, bye, guys. Okay, bye. Okay. It's going to be real jumbled and probably not in order. And it's going to be a little chaotic because it's a lot of things that I know about this film. But I don't know what order they go in. But it doesn't matter the order. It's fine. Fun facts are just fun facts. All right. So I'm going to read the synopsis that they have for the movie. But it says, one of the most profitable horror movies ever made. This tale of an exorcism is based loosely on actual events. Yeah. When young Reagan starts acting odd, levitating, speaking in tongues, her worried mother seeks medical help only to hit a dead end. A local priest, however, thinks the girl may be seized by the devil. The priest takes the priest makes a request to perform an exorcism and the church sends in an expert to help with the difficult job. I think yeah. that was no different than what I said. It's great. But yeah, so the movie's the classic, okay? Yeah. You talk about horror movies, like the first movie most people think of is this movie. It's like one of the most iconic first horror movies ever. And like I said, as a kid, this movie scared the shit out of me. It still kind of does sometimes in some bits because mm -hmm. supernatural beings and like the devils terrifies me. Like that yeah. shit, so scary. Yeah, uh, uh, possession films—they <laughs> definitely get me every time. I definitely don't want to shit on this movie for like an hour, but it might happen. We're not okay. We're not shitting on it. It's a piece of horror history. That's that, but. Fact of the matter is, is that shitty things happen during production of this movie that Haley's going to go into, and I'm not going to lie, the movie didn't age that well. It's yeah, it just did. not. It's just not that great of a movie anymore. Yeah, like, it's just I don't know. Okay, so me and Catherine were watching it together, and it it's over two hours long, and for no reason, absolutely no reason, should it have been over. It should not have been over. Maybe an hour and thirty minutes. Maybe hour 45, but it was like yeah. two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, we were. <laughs> I don't remember it being that like dragging, you know, like I swear there was like more action from when I remember it as a kid. But I don't know, dude, like when we were watching it recently, I was like, this movie is so fucking long. Yeah. And boring. Yeah. There were whole like, chunks of the movie that I was like, why are we even watching all of this? Basically, the first 20 minutes. Yeah. I understand it was to get a backstory, and I'm sure it makes more sense if you're watching the whole franchise, maybe. But to be honest, I have no idea why we had to watch all of that stuff. Why did we have to watch the priest being Rocky for 20 minutes? Yeah, that's... Did they even... I don't remember seeing it when we watched it on Max, but did they have the scene where she crawled down the stairs backwards? No. Okay, then it must be the director's cut then. But there, have you seen that scene? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, this has happened multiple times with movies that I've watched as a kid and then I show you, like mm-hmm. Orphan. Like, I remember when I showed you Orphan and I was yeah. like, why is this not as good as I remember? And I was like, right. there's parts missing. Right. So I don't know if that's possibly why as well, but a lot of movies that I'm showing you from like my childhood yeah. are like not the same. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely shit missing. To be quite honest, it was two hours already. And if we were watching the director's cut, it probably was even longer, almost three hours. No, the director's cut, I think it's only 10 minutes longer. Okay. From when I looked it up. The two and a half hours. <laughs> Still yeah. kind of long. But at least that 10 minutes was probably more action than not. True. Like when she's walking on the stairs backwards. That shit is ingrained in my brain. Like that scene where she's walking on the stairs backwards, like shit comes out of her mouth. Yeah. That one. And the picture of Pazuzu, the demon, as as is, like in the window, like that shit. No. It's a no from yeah. me. Yeah. I thought that this was so I'm not okay. I'm not really a religious person. Mm-hmm. But for some reason I was like, this is mad disrespectful. This movie came out the day after Christmas. Yeah. It came out December 26, 1973. And I was like, wow. Why? Yeah. I'm not religious like whatsoever, but I'm like, you're just asking for shit to go down, bro. It took about twice as long to make the movie than what it was planned for, production-wise. And it cost three times the initial budget because of all the setbacks and shit. Oh. Damn. And so their budget, do you want to know their budget? Yeah, tell me their budget. $12 million. $12 million is their budget? Yep. And it costs more to make the movie than that? Or was that how much it oh, cost to I make th- it? I think that was the final one. Oh. Did I get to so it was probably like, made? yeah. How much do you think they made? Did they make their money back? Oh, yeah. Aww. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. I would say... 200 million. More. 500 million. Okay, a little lower. $428.2 million. Holy shit. Yeah, that has to be every, like, everything yeah. that's ever made. Mm-hmm. Also, that's definitely, like, overall. Yeah. This movie was only released to 24 theaters. Wow. That being said, though, they were always sold out, long lines around the, like, fucking block to buy tickets. 24 theaters in one area or across the U.S.? Across I didn't know the it was US such a limited release. Yeah. It's so small. This was, like, was it released later? I think so. There ain't no way that they only did 24 theaters all around. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure they did a re-release. But it would be 24 theaters that were open after Christmas. To play that movie. But, and then it was re-released in the new year, maybe. Yeah, probably. Like we said, this movie is very cursed. It's controversial for many reasons, you know? Um, one of the great things about this movie is viewers suffered supposed physical reactions to this film. And could they, there were some reports of fainting and vomiting. And specifically, vomiting to... Specifically vomiting to the real cerebral anography, which 
That just means it's a procedure that is done. It's basically like a CT scan for your brain and it scans and shows all the blood vessels mm. in your brain. So that's a scene in the movie where the mom takes her to the doctor and they put like that needle in like her carotid yeah. artery. Yeah. What? Okay. What? That part. So I understand. I get it because that part mm -hmm. freaks me out mm -hmm. because now it's not just like a, a little poke. Like it's long and mm -hmm. they actually like, they don't show it like, go in. They sh they have like, a side view. It's filmed from like the side view. So you can't from, see like, behind the top of her head. Yeah, so, like, you can't see, like, where it's going in. You just know. And then they have, yeah. like, blood shooting out. Right. And it's just, oh, yeah. God. And then she's full ass awake. It's a big no. It's a big no for me. To be like, quite honest, I was kind of nervous that they were going to try to do an on-screen lobotomy on her. Since it was, like, the 70s. And I was like, so, yeah. The fact that, she, that they only did that was, like, less than what I was expecting. Okay. I was expecting them to lobotomize her. Which... Would have been horrific. Yeah, so that I, I understand the the reaction to that because that part also is in, ingrained in my brain. Mm -hmm. I definitely felt like my stomach was like in knots when I was watching the movie, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we'll go over cast real quick. The two main ones. So Linda Blair is her name. She plays Reagan, which is the girl that gets possessed and then her mom is played by ellen burston and then we have jason miller and max von Sido as the two priests father karis and father marin linda blair and ellen burston they're both yeah. in the new exorcist coming out next mm -hmm. month cool as you guys may know or not know they are coming out with it's kind of like a reboot mm -hmm. kind of thing or a requel a requel <laughs> as the Scream franchise has said. But, because it is kind of like that, actually, because, like, in Scream 5, you know, they bring back the originals, but it's only mm -hmm. because the new people are experiencing what the old people did. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically what the new Exorcist is about. It's called Exorcist Believer. Mm -hmm. And it has Linda Blair and Ellen Burstyn in it, and they both play their original characters from the 1973 Exorcist. And... Basically, they're just playing, you know, their OG selves and the family that is suffering from their daughter being possessed is, what's going on? Help. You've experienced this. You've survived it. And that's all you really need to know other than Eileen Dietz. She plays Pazuzu, which is the demon. Mm -hmm. And fun fact, she also plays Reagan in two scenes. But... Never got credit for it. Damn. It's a whole thing. It's That's so fucked up. Okay. But now you're telling me that when Reagan was possessed, it wasn't Linda Blair. No, most of see, this is the thing. I want to rewatch it now mm -hmm. just to see those scenes specifically because I don't know if it's like, because they look the same. Like, when you actually see Reagan's face, like possessed, you can tell that's Reagan. So I'm like, I don't know if it's just like a quick scene where yeah. you don't see her face, but it's, or they just did that good of a job of making makeup look that good. Yeah. But there are scenes where you really don't see her face, but she's doing something up. Okay. I'm just yeah. wondering, so, what I'm just wondering I'll, is when you say someone plays Pazuzu, who's the other person, you're saying that picture is that person, not 
Yeah. The person who plays Possessed Reagan, that's not that. She doesn't play Possessed right. Reagan. She plays that character. That's been yeah, that's just a she really just flashed across the screen a bunch of times. Yeah. That character was not exactly. on the screen that much. So that that but she did play Possessed right. Reagan in two scenes. In two scenes. Okay. Yes. When you first said it, I was under the impression that Pazenzu was also possessed Reagan. Because oh, I got you. technically it would be one in the same. I see. Yes. Linda Blair still played Reagan possessed. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's true. Okay. The the two scenes, the reason why she played possessed Reagan in two of the scenes is because the scenes were too graphic for her fourteen year old to play. Makes sense. Yeah. Which just makes the conversation for me later even worse that I found out that was had between a director, the director and the 14 year old actress. Because I'm like, if you're going to have a 29 year old take over the part of a 14 year old, then why the fuck are you asking a 14 year old these questions? Anyway, I'm getting mad. Okay. So as we were talking about the cast, they did have some cast members that obviously they had other options at first, you know? Oh, yeah. So for Father Karras, they were talking about having Jack Nicholson play him. Paul Newman was interested. But then Blatty, the author of the book, actually, mm-hmm. and the screenwriter, hired Stacy Keach, which, if you remember, that's not the name of the person that actually plays him. But yeah, so they hired Stacey Keach. Um, and all three of these people were like, Really big names at the time. And then for Chris, they considered Audrey Hepburn mm-hmm. and Anne Bancroft and Jane Fonda. Those people seem so out of like place for that character. They all three rejected the part. And then Friedkin, so the actual director, he mm-hmm. rejected Blatty, the author's friend, Shirley MacLaine, because she had already starred in the movie called The Possession of Joel Delaney, which is a similar plot. And they didn't want that. They, I guess, also considered Carol Burnett, which, if I remember correctly, she's like a comedian. Just oh, she could have done it, though. She's a really good actress, though. But the studio turned her down. And then, and then our girl, Ellen Burstyn, she received the part after she told the director that she was destined for this role, which sounds so... I don't know. It's just, I didn't like how she said that. <laughs> that makes me feel like she's cursed too. I know. But yeah, she said she was destined for to play Chris and how she had a Catholic upbringing that she later rejected. So I guess it resonated with her. I see. And then even though they supposedly hired somebody for Father Karras, they Friedkin spoke to Jason Miller, who, as we know, did actually play Father Karras. Saw his, he basically saw his performance in a play called That Championship Season. He gave him a copy of the book, and apparently Miller had some background. And he received Catholic education, and he studied to be a Jewish priest for three years, and then experienced okay. some spiritual crisis, similar to Karis's, I guess. And so while he read the novel, he basically said, Harris is me. Why do you want so to identify with these people so badly? I understand it makes a good movie or something, but you guys got to 
draw a line between you and characters. Especially in these creepy fucking movies. I know. And even though they already had the guy signed, they basically, they did a, they got approved for a test screening with Burson and Miller. And so they were like, you know what? We're going to go with you. To be quite frank, I didn't think they had that much chemistry. Nope. They didn't seem all that great anyway. It says, quote, Friedkin realized Miller's dark, good looks, haunted eyes, quiet intensity, and low, compassionate voice were exactly what the part needed. The studio then bought out Keech's contract. If you want to kiss him, just kiss him already. You want to go suck his dick behind the fucking house? Go do it. <laughs> that all of that just sounded like kiss me, kiss me, kiss. Oh, okay. And then so that's those two. Then we have Reagan. Okay. Apparently, Pamela Verdon, she was turned down for the part of Reagan because she was too familiar. Because apparently they wanted like a smaller actress to play Reagan. Denise Nickerson was also considered for it. And she played Violet Beauregard in the Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory. Oh, Violet, you're turning Violet. I know. And the reason why she didn't obviously go for the part is because her parent, her family found the script too dark. Yes. Yes, it was. I think that if I were up for the part of Belinda Blair, my parents wouldn't let me do it either. Oh, to yeah. be quite frank. For sure. Apparently, Jamie Lee Curtis, and says Jeanette Lee, her, which is her mom, yeah. basically would not let her daughter audition. Anyway, until Eleanor Blair came in with her daughter, Linda, which I guess she did a lot of modeling. She had one soap opera role. And this is so fucked up. It says, quote, Fredkin later recalled her as a smart, but not precious, cute, but not beautiful, a normal, happy 12-year-old girl. That's fucked up. This, this is why I hated this research all around. Just this one single paragraph that I'm about to read. <clears throat> Sorry. Okay. So upon auditioning for this role, the director's talking to Linda Blair and uh, asks her if she knows the extras is about. She basically says yes. About a little girl gets possessed, does a bunch of whole, like, a lot of bad things. And he's like, what? What do you mean? And she, quote, she pushes a man out of her window and she hits her mother across the face and she masturbates with a crucifix. And then he asks a 12-year-old girl, if she knew what masturbation meant. And quote, she said, it's like jerking off, isn't it? And she giggled. And he retaliated and asked, quote, have you ever done that? And, no. she, and she, quote, response said, sure, haven't you? 12 years old. Oh, my God. Oh, Linda Blair, I'm so sorry. Why? Yeah, I was like, that's fucking disgusting. Apparently, in the book, like, the scene is more worse. Like, it's, like, yeah, gross yeah. in the book. And in the movie, I guess, Blatty was very disappointed that a lot of people mainly remember that scene. And I'm like, 
because it's kind of it's very vulgar and yeah shocking i'm not a religious person but that scene makes me like like that just it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth yeah but linda blair she was casted after a bunch of tests screenings with ellen burston and they had a lot of chemistry which i think they did yeah. they definitely had some mother-daughter chemistry on screen yeah. they were great yeah basically the director said that he wouldn't cast anyone else because she did all the scenes so great and she just even the bad ones she would like giggle about it and she was fine okay when we were yeah. watching the movie uh-huh. and you were like during when reagan is possessed by the demon and her voice is obviously not the same as a 14 year old you were like, I wonder if they used like a distorted version of Reagan's voice or if it's a voice actor. Yeah. As I promised, I said that I would probably see that in my research. And I did. Mm-hmm. They originally planned to have Reagan's voice distorted. Mm-hmm. But, but they said that when it came to the part with the priest, like the climactic ending or whatever, it didn't hold as much like power as they wanted. So they hired a voice actress named Mercedes McCambridge to do the the voice of Pazuzu. So that's another actress that didn't get fucking credited. She didn't get credited at all? First, until you know, something called the Screen Actors Guild arbitration. And then on top of Mercedes not getting credited, they also had Eileen Deese. Like I said, she played Pazuzu, mm-hmm. like the face of Pazuzu. Yeah. And they had her stand in for Linda Blair's character for scenes that were too violent for a 14-year-old to play. Of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But again, like you said, why would she have that conversation with him? If- yes. Exactly. Like, why That's would you disgusting. have that conversation then? So Deet stood in for Blair for the crucifix scene, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the fist fight between her and Father Karras, Reagan and Father Karras. Mm-hmm. And apparently some more scenes that weren't listed, but basically just saying the ones that were too violent and yeah. disturbing for Blair to perform. Makes sense. Okay. It's not really a fun fact, really, but... There's not been any fun. I just thought it was funny because Jack Nicholson was considered for Father Karras. I just thought it was interesting because one of the directors that was considered for this movie... Yeah. Was Stanley Kubrick. Yep. Who was another piece of shit human. Yep. Yes. Allegedly. But obviously we got Friedkin. And Mm -hmm. he was given a copy of the Exorcist book. And he read the first 20 pages and then canceled whatever plans he had the rest of that day and finished that book because it was just so good. And Friedkin felt that the uh, story... That the movie should unfold slowly. Oh, so he's the problem. <laughs> and dude, they cut they cut shit out. Jeez. The book or whatever, they it was saying that they took out a lot and shortened the story. Yeah. So I I'm that like it's almost four hundred pages. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that's crazy. It's got to be, it's got to be a lot more gross stuff happens in that book. Where it's just more painfully slow, like the movie. Those are the two options. Yeah, maybe. Also, about the book, though, like, fun fact, the book did actually badly, like, no one liked this book, whatever, but Mm -hmm. it 
it did really bad until Blatty was on <laughs> when Blatty was on the Dick Cavett show. Okay. It was a talk show that started in 1968, but basically it was just a late night talk show. Like David Letterman, um, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then he did his book blew up after that. Yeah. So basically he was discussing with the audience on if the devil exists. Oh. And, you know, put his book in there, you know, and it became really popular. Interesting. But uh, yeah, Friedkin, that guy, he was a dick. Obviously talking Hobby. to little girls about their <laughs> issues. Yes. And what they do. But all he cared about was getting like the best of the best, you know, like mm-hmm. he wanted the best reactions, the best footage, whatever. He would reshoot anything. Like if anything was a little bit wrong, he mm-hmm. would want to reshoot it. But um, I'm assuming O'Malley mm-hmm. is the actor that played one of the priest guys that at the, you know, at the end of the movie when he's talking to Father Karos and he's, you want to confess your sins, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I think it's that guy because this oh, okay. this scene sounds familiar. But basically, the director was unsatisfied with his original performance with his dying friend that he smacked him to get like a shaken, solemn reaction. And they reshot the, the scene. And then he was also said he also fired blanks unannounced to oh. scare actors get a genuine shaken or scared reaction he's weird ah i know i feel like there are other ways to do it right to do it instead of blanks and smacking people right and then and lying to your people because yeah you know the scene where reagan vomits on father karis that was a genuine reaction of disgust because he was told that it was going to hit him in the chest. That's how they practiced it, rehearsed it, whatever. But when the time came to film the scene, he got shot in the face and in the mouth and everything. So he was just like, the disgust was real. Because he was not expecting that whatsoever. That's awful. That's straight up just abusive. <laughs> and then obviously, crew members found it very difficult to work with this man. No way. I, I don't know why. Sounds great. But apparently, on the first day of shooting, they they had a wall removed so they could put a dolly in so they could get a good shot of, like, bacon being made. And apparently, he did not like the way that bacon curled. So he sent some crew members on a wild goose chase to find preservative-free bacon. No wonder the whole thing um, took, like, twice as long to make and twice as expensive to make because he's filming twice as much movie. And redoing things that don't need to be redone. Exactly. I guess another crew member recalled returning to work after being gone for three days because they were sick. Mm -hmm. And they were still shooting the same scene. Obviously causing delays. Yeah. And quote, people were literally placing bets on what he would reshoot next. And I guess he often... Hired people, fired people, rehired the people. Very fake person from what I can read. And I guess he he earned himself the nickname Wacky Willie. Oh, ain't he wacky? Wacky Willie. 
See, that makes it seem like he's like oh. Mickey Mouse or something, not like he's a fucking idiot. Wacky Willie sounds endearing, not the bane of your existence. Yeah, right? I was like, it sounds kind of cute. Yeah. And then I just have some little fun facts, I guess. Well, in the, you know, in the beginning, the unnecessary part where they're in Iraq. At the time, you know, the U.S. and Iraq were not friends. Long story short. Yeah. And it was actually kind of concerned that some of the, like, production company, the production company was concerned that the director and some of its crew members and actors would not actually be able to come back home. Like, they would just be stuck there. Because wow. of, yeah. So they ended up making, like, a an arrangement that they were required to hire a local crew. And that was the only way that they were able to actually film there. And, oh my God. And it, like the heat, the temperatures got up to 130 degrees. That's awful. So luckily, at least this guy was nice enough to do this. They would, it limited their shooting from dawn to dusk. Because yeah, and ain't nobody fucking filming in 130 degree weather. I'm sorry. No. And you'll if it's literally die. Yeah, and if it's 130 degrees in the daytime, that means that the nighttime's like maybe a hundred and something still. It's still a lot. Like it doesn't always cool down to sixty at nighttime, you know? And then here's a big like a big fun fact about the exorcism scenes, like where you can see her breast and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those were obviously, of course, they're challenging to do. Mm-hmm. But apparently, the director, he wanted the bedroom set to be so cold. You could see the actor's breaths, which mission accomplished. Good job, buddy. As described in the novel, because he wanted to stay true. Mm-hmm. A $50,000 at the time. So with inflation, it's, it's now 249000 for 2021. But a it's a refrigeration system that was installed, and it was put into it cooled the set to negative twenty degrees. Negative twenty. Yes. Jeez, that's crazy. Exactly. It's illegal, don't you think? <laughs> it does seem a little illegal. Yes, but the like lighting and stuff it's gonna create some heat, right? Sure. It, it did warm it up, though, enough to where Wacky Willie was not satisfied. Since the air was warmed by the lighting, it remained cold enough for only like three minutes. Enough. Only five shots could be finished each day because of all the fucking breakdowns of the machine. Oh, my and gosh. So the complete scene filmed in order took a month to complete. Oh just the gosh. exorcist part. That's, That's literally crazy. like 10 minutes of the film. I feel like that ending was so rushed. Yeah. When you could have used any of those two hours to continue the exorcism part or like... Yeah. But yeah, that's... That's exorcist. Wow. Yeah. Hopefully we don't get too much hate for hating on this movie too much. I'll... I want to rewatch it again just to like fully experience it because even re-watching it I was definitely not paying full ass attention as much as I should be but it was also because I was bored out of my mind yeah but if you guys are interested in watching this movie it is streaming on Max and Prime right now 
Are we going to talk about ratings? But, yes. So, Catherine. Yes. What would you rate this movie? I would give this movie a five out of ten. It's a good smack dab yeah. in the middle. I was thinking four, I, but I'm trying to be generous. Because it's a classic um, and everyone loves it. <laughs> that's true. I would specifically, for just because it's a classic, it's nostalgic for me in a way. Like, I, it's one of the first horror movies I watched as a kid. Mm-hmm. Other than Jaws, even though that's mm-hmm. not. It's a creature feature. Oh, yeah, it is a creature feature. I would rate it a little higher just because I liked that as a kid. Just one more point. It's six. Give it a six, you know? Sure. Now, what do you think the ratings are, Catherine? I think that the Tomato Boys gave it at least an eight out of ten. They're or at least an do. 80%. Sorry. M. Dib. Gave it an 8.1 out of 10. 81%. Uh-huh. And Tomato Boys, 86. I knew it. You knew it. I knew it. I know the Tomato Boys. I know I was going to disappoint them this week. I just, I sense it in my heart. And because it's such a classic, I knew that the ratings were going to be much higher than what we, we were giving them. Exactly. I'm sorry that I had to tell you about this movie. You know, I'm I'm, I'm assuming this movie babes actually might like it. Um, I, f- I feel like, honestly, if it wasn't for the creepy director guy, I wouldn't hate it as much. Yeah, for sure. And the fact that it was boring as shit for half the movie. Part of the reason why it got such a low score for me, right. not only was the director a piece of shit, allegedly, but also... There were parts of this movie that I think could have been cut. Definitely weren't necessary to keep in. So. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's another reason why I, I marked it. I probably won't ever watch it again. Unless I'm oh, showing someone it. horror movies. All right. Thank you for bringing The Exorcist. Would you, like, would you like a fun animal fact? Yes. Do you have a reward? Yes. Okay. Here's one animal fact. Giraffes are largely gay. Male giraffes harass and court other males more than females, and up to 95% of giraffe sex happens between two men. Isn't that so cute? That's so cute. Just now when you see giraffes walking around, imagine RuPaul's voice. You better work. Okay, and lastly, owls can sit crisscross applesauce. I'm going to show you this picture of this owl. (laughs) Wedding Christmas applesauce. It's so cute. The little knees. Are those knees? I don't think they really have long enough legs for them to be considered knees. It's more like his little ankles. It's so cute. Do you have anything to tell the spooky babes before we let him go? All right, spooky babes. I am sorry that this took us a second to post again. We took a really long mental break. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope. Hopefully, I didn't ruin one of your favorite movies for you. <laughs> and next week, it's going to be better for sure. It's spooky week. And I think we're doing another spooky game episode, which I'm excited yes. for. Yes. I love, I love the spooky game episodes. <laughs> They're the funniest to me. Yes. It's going <laughs> to kick off our spooky month with a spooky game week. Yes. So that'll be. And I told Haley that there's no breaks in October. I'm sorry. She's going to have to figure out. How to record somehow, some way, every single week in October. So we'll be here all of Spooky Month. Yes. 
Yes. I can't not do October. Yes. It's not going to be the same as we normally do, but it'd still be fun. Did you have anything else to tell them before I let them go? Oh, hopefully you join us next week. <laughs> we appreciate you. And just know that sometimes it's okay to feel like you're lost because you've never been this version of yourself. Okay, guys? So you guys are awesome. And we appreciate you and we love you. And you always have a place here with the spooky bids. Right, Haley? Yes. And the world's a better place with you in it. And we will see you in your nightmares. <laughs>